This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome to AutoCorrect. We're helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. And this morning, we're going to talk about the check engine light or whatever you want to ask. So you can go ahead and give us a call. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Liz. How was your Thanksgiving? It was amazing. Uh, I've, I've not been here for a couple of weeks. We took a road trip, sort awesome. of a road trip. We flew into Albuquerque because my husband had a conference, but we rented an RV. Oh, yeah. We rented a compact RV, which was... Um, the the chassis was a Ford three fifty. Yep. And it did just, it have the V ten engine in it? Do you know? Uh, it, it, it was a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> but um it it drove so easily. Uh they also have this was with uh, Cruise America that doesn't have an outlet in Mississippi, but um they do across the rest of the country in other places. Well, some places they don't. Anyway, they also have an F-150 with like a camper on top uh, cool. with a bathroom and a, mm-hmm. and a refrigerator. But uh, we had so much fun. We, we drove out to a national park uh, and we had a uh, we could sleep in it. We could use the bathroom in it. There were tent campers there, which just seemed ridiculous to me because it was 10 degrees. Yeah. Um, but when I uh, asked you how much it was, it was very affordable too it for was, people who are interested in for us, surprised. yeah. For us, now we rented it in New Mexico in November, but it was about eighty dollars a night and less than a dollar a mile. That's awesome. I mean, you, and the reason we got it because this national park we wanted to go to, uh, there were no hotels. So and I don't I don't do the tent yeah. thing. So this was that Tent's was rough. just yeah <laughs> that was. And, but I was just excited on how drivable it was. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. it was a. Uh, trucky, but yeah. um, we think about the improvements they've made since when you think of the seventies and the big, right. you know, the RVs or the little yeah. trucks and right. stuff like that. Right. Yeah, sure, it's a lot better. It it was so we had a lot of fun with that, and then we had Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It's been a whole it week was, since it Thanksgiving. It was amazing. I went with my boyfriend's family to Kansas City, and I had never been there before. So if anyone's ever been to or wants to travel to Kansas City, I highly recommend it because it was a beautiful city. I loved it. Fact that may be a fact or not a fact. <laughs> I think Kansas City is supposed to have more fountains than Rome. Huh. Now, you probably didn't see any in November, but I think they I have a lot of eyes open for fountains. Yeah, because it snowed the day after yeah. we left, so, yeah, and a lot of snow. Okay. So we would have gotten trapped. So did you fly or did you we drive? drive. Mm-hmm. Do you, you, are you, like, you like to road trip? Absolutely. I do, time. too. <laughs> I do, too. So oh, do yeah. y'all drive through or do you spend the night or do you take turns driving when you road trip? We drove through and then we stopped for lunch at a uh-huh. place that they, they always stopped and then kept on going. Good. So about 10 hours total 10 and a half hours right um on our 
big trips, we try to do, you know, at the most 12 hours. Yeah. Um, a drive. My son just drove. Uh, he spent Thanksgiving in Fort Worth and drove to San Diego, which was a 19-hour drive. And he just pulled over somewhere yeah. and slept. But he's a a 25-year-old guy. Right. Which, you know, yeah. I would never do I did that back as a female. Too. But, uh, yeah. And yeah. no way I can do that now. All right. Well, it looks like we have some calls on the line and we're going to get to them. We're talking about check engine lights uh, and we are uh, uh, but we'll also take whatever question uh, you want. Let's go to Robert in Starkville. Robert, thanks for calling into Autocorrect. Go ahead. Hey, how are y'all today? Fantastic. I have a 2004 GMC pickup truck and occasionally it will lose power in, say, reduced engine power or a low engine. I'm not exactly sure what it says, but it, it says that, and then it won't accelerate or anything. I can shut it down for a while, crank it back up, and it runs fine. Okay. It's going into limp mode It's what it is. So there's some problem that's causing that. Do you, so you do have a check engine light on? I know the check engine light comes on occasionally sometimes, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Now, yeah. This is the second motor in this truck, just so you know, it's got okay. It's got a ton of miles on it. Okay. Three hundred thirty thousand miles on it, but it doesn't do it all the time. But as soon as I so that's, put it down, it'll let it sit for a while, then it'll crank back up and run fine. Okay. Well, so for an intermittent problem like that, and it sounds like what it is, there's literally protocols for that. So if you um, take it to GMC, they'll they will be able to see what those codes were because that, even though the code is not owned, it's still saved in your computer computer whatever happened it saves okay. that and that okay. information will be there they can look at that and that'll help them diagnose that intermittent problem and then they literally have a list of things that they go through specifically for intermittent okay. so there's now, a Go will, ahead. The, will, will, the, uh, uh, will the handheld devices, like from AutoZone or somewhere like that, will it say those stored ones, or will I need to go to the Chevrolet or GMC place for that? You, you can go to an independent shop also, just by the way. But um, they'll show you the code. It won't really tell you what's going on. And, and as far as showing you the freeze frame data, some do, some don't. Okay. So that's that. You probably want to uh, go ahead and you can get it read and see if it'll show you at at uh, O'Reilly's or whatnot, or right. you know go ahead and take it to a shop and get it completely diagnosed. I, I'd recommend go ahead and getting that diagnosed because it sounds like uh, you know something that's it's kind of serious, but it's just intermittent. But you don't want to get stuck. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Oh, thanks for calling in, Robert. And that just touched on our topic today on the check engine light. Uh, sometimes it's something, sometimes it's nothing. And tell us about some of the lights on the dashboard. Some dashboards okay. say check engine. Right. Some say check engine. What What about a main? Some show a little engine. Okay. A show an engine. Is that, that's a check yeah. engine? It's a good reason to read your owner's money so you know what that is. <laughs> um, and you always want to see that light when you turn your key to the own position. You want to see it come on and off. So if you never see that, then you know your little lamp's not working. You could have a oh. check engine light and oh, okay. not know it. That actually happens fairly often. Um, if it says service engine soon, mm-hmm. that is also serious. That's a check engine light. It means it has set a diagnostic trouble code. Okay. A DTC. Now, if it says maintenance required, 
that's just it's just a reminder and usually that comes on every five thousand to remind you to rotate tires and you know see if you need to change your oil check your air filter and stuff like that that's just that's just a mileage based reminder it's not it does not check your oil and say hey it's time to check your oil oh, it's just okay. literally a mileage based reminder does so it that's know the serious. difference between a synthetic and a regular oil because on previous autocorrects we've talked about how you can go twice as long with a synthetic oil than a regular oil no. Oh. Generally, they're going to come on at 5,000 regardless okay. on almost all manufacturers because your tires are usually due to be rotated at 5,000. Some, something's due. Either it's okay. just checking out stuff or there actually is some maintenance due. Oh, all mm-hmm. right. So for the umpteenth time, read your owner's manual, folks. <laughs> okay, now we've got Pat from Mobile. Let's go ahead with Pat. Thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Oh, you're welcome. I have my radio on and you're on car phone. Is that a backsplash problem? No, no, that's that's good. You just can't have uh, your radio on and talk through a regular phone. But go ahead, Pat. We love our Alabama listeners. Yeah. Well, I'm a Mississippi girl and an Alabama transplant, so there you go. Um, I have a check engine light that comes on. It used to come on and not stay on too long, but I did go to one of the auto supply stores, and they told me that it was the first code that came up was a catalytic converter um, issue. And, um, of course, the dealership wants you to bring it in and let them diagnose it and tell you what they want to do to it. But um, I've also had uh, a brother-in-law who's a pretty savvy car guy tell me that I don't have to get a catalytic converter replaced. And um, just wondering, is that true? I mean, what does a catalytic converter do? How serious okay. is it to drive around with the engine light on? Okay. Well, um, that's a good question. The thing is, the catalytic converter is not going to mess up unless there's a problem with your engine. For some reason or another, too much fuel is getting to the catalytic converter and it's melting the inside of it. So you need to find out what the actual problem is that's causing that check engine light. There's some sort of misfire. For some reason, there's unburned fuel getting through your engine and back to your catalytic converter. And it may be a little bit minor right now, but as soon as that light starts flashing, you've got imminent failure of catalytic converter, and they run about fifteen hundred dollars. So when when you have a code that's about the about the catalytic converter, it's it can either be an oxygen sensor or you actually have a problem. So you need to you do need to take that to a shop and get that fixed. That's one that I would consider serious. Okay. Because it's not emissions. That, it is emissions. It's catalytic converter, but it's a very expensive emissions problem compared to a lot of the other ones. Right. Well, also, um, I've been told that something as simple as your gas cap not being properly fitted or having a, a break in the uh, grooves and everything can cause... Right. This is one of the codes where you wish that's what it was, uh, but it's not because this one's a, your catalytic converter. That's a that's a part of your fuel tank uh, 
system to that it checks to make sure it's all sealed up tight. The catalytic converter is a separate system, so you need you, and you may honestly you may just need a tune up with some spark plugs and and um, and air filter and stuff like that. So usually that's what it is: is people are past their tune up and their spark plugs have gotten bad and they're not sparking that fuel or not sparking it strong enough and it's still fuel coming through and it's melting your catalytic converter. It's causing damage to your catalytic converter. It's showing off uh, off readings for it and so that could be what it is. Okay, well, thank you. You're Thanks. very welcome. Thanks, Pat. So, okay, to me, what I heard is the catalytic converter is like the canary in the coal mine. If the catalytic converter dies, well, you may want to get it replaced because of what the catalytic converter does, yeah. but it died because of something else, yeah. a, a more serious problem. Mm-hmm. And you have to get them fixed when they when they break. You, you can't ignore it. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the shade tree mechanic way around that because that that defeats the emissions purposes of the catalytic converter but uh if it stops up your 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 car can't run correctly (laughs) it'll stop (laughs) all right well that's that's glad good to know one thing that pat did mention was about the gas cap Mm -hmm. and i guess if you do not know what the check engine light is the very first most cheapest thing you could do is to tighten Take off and put back on your gas cap. That's right. Yeah, because it could be that just a little if bit you of don't know anything. Because mm-hmm. it, it'll, it'll test it. It actually pressurizes your system to make sure for every so often drive cycle on your car to make sure that it's, there's no leak in your fuel system because you right. don't want any of that coming out in the air. And it used to just come out in the air before they they started controlling that. If it detects a little bit of a leak and it's usually out of your gas cap, then it's going to set that light off, and you can just tighten it. And if you still that doesn't work, you can replace your gas cap very cheaply so that's that's a common problem all right and but now i have a fancy pants car that doesn't even have a gas cap the door does something the door closes it up i so the cap is integrated into the the door door. yeah that's neat okay well kind of i don't know it freaked me out the first time anyway (laughs) we need to take (laughs) our first break we'd love for you to participate in our show you can give us a call our number is 1-877-MPB-RING it's uh, 1-877-672-7464 you can also send us an email our address is auto at mpbonline.org we're talking about the check engine light is it something is it nothing we'll find out from allison uh, if you have to pull over immediately or if you can wait a little while or if you can wait 10 months probably not don't don't uh, don't don't wait 10 months anyway and when also when we come back we'll talk about the cars that are under recall you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, and I am Liz Gill. If you can't listen to our show all the way through live, find a podcast. That's one way you can listen to our show. And when we went on our uh, backcountry vacation, we listened to podcasts because we could only pick up two radio stations on the entire dial. And... My husband didn't like one, and I didn't like the other. <laughs> oh, dear. So, but we did listen to some podcasts uh, just to have some some music. Um, recalls you get, cars get recalled for various and sundry things um, when a a motor company finds out everybody's got a problem they'll do a recall so it could be something could be not too much but this week they have been a they've been a recall for volvos sedans suvs and wagons 18 and 19 honda odysseys 10 through 13 this is a new one for me suzuki kashis kazashi I don't know how Cache? to say Cachet, K-I-Z-A-S-H-I. Oh, wow. Uh, the 2019 Kia Fortes, 65,000 Acura SUVs, Honda minivans and SUVs, and 165,500 Subarus and Scion cars, SUVs, and wagons. Now, all of these, if, you, if your car is... I guess registered. If uh, Nissan or Ford or whoever knows you have the car, then they do send you recall notices to your home address. But uh, these are also just things to be on the lookout for. And if you have a, if you want to know if your specific car is being recalled, you can go to the National Highway Transportation safety administration uh, nhtsa.gov slash recalls and then you can put in your information and find out specifically if your car is being recalled now we're talking about check engine lights and uh, one thing that uh, there's a difference between if the check engine light comes on and if the check engine light is flashing. Yeah. it's Check engine light flashing means imminent catalytic converter failure. Okay. Due to a misfire. Okay. Usually. So that means you need to, you got to get it fixed right then and there or you're going to have a major repair. So you might, when that light starts flashing, you might can stop it before it completely destroys your catalytic converter. Okay. And catalytic converters are very expensive. Okay. Very expensive. We also learned if the electrical light flashes you need to pull over somewhere and turn off the car where it's safe and not go get frozen ice cream don't go get frozen yogurt because then then you're stuck and then you have to get a tow or you have to get your daughter to come jump you i like anyway that's funny that was your your way to handle that let's just go get well you know i thought i thought it was like a lot of engine light (laughs) that it wasn't a big deal but uh Keep that owner's manual in the car. Look at it to see uh, if it's something or if it's nothing. Or download it on your phone. These days you can get the oh PDF on your phone. If you don't have it in your car, look then, at you, then look at you millennial. That. Look at you millennial. And, and read it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go to Mike in Corinth. Mike, thanks for calling in to uh, AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? 
Yes, I have a 2009 Toyota Prius with 200, 205,000 miles on it. Uh, does it give any warning on the panel uh, before the hybrid batteries start to go out or before the cranking battery starts to go out? Um, for the cranking battery, yeah, just like an older car. Or So for anyone with a hybrid, you have a regular battery just like the like an old school regular car um whether you know what i don't think the hybrid system uses that for the cranking though because they have the generator in between the transmission and engine that's built into the hybrid system i think it actually may uh use that to turn the car over unlike a starter which goes directly to a 12 volt but anyway as as far as it um giving a warning on that you know i have a 2009 prius and uh I, I can't remember how many miles is on, are, is on it right now, 190-something thousand or something like that. And I don't know if it gives you a warning beforehand that it's going out. I know uh, there is codes for a hybrid system problem. And I want to say it does give you a warning. Like if you're starting to have a, a cell go out in your hybrid battery, it lets you know that it is, and you got to go ahead and get it fixed before it stops the car because it will stop, and then you can't drive it. And, it, and I've heard of our hybrids going well over 500,000 miles without a problem with those hybrid batteries. That tended to be a problem of your earlier models, your first-gen Prius, your second-gen Prius, and we have the third gen i believe so that was a problem that they have really honed down and it's not near as much of a problem with hybrids and and i think that's kept a lot of people from getting hybrids but they're they're awesome and they have advanced their technology a lot from the first generations that came out i was wondering if it might be something on the you know when you have look at the control panel and it shows the battery and sometimes when you get in the car and start, it'll go from purple to blue and mm-hmm. wind up in the green zone. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if any of those colors mean anything as far as uh, the life of the battery. No, as far as I know, they don't. When it starts getting bad, it's going to set a code and set off, you know, you know, set off a check engine light just like a, a regular car as far as that goes. And as far as I know, that display doesn't show like um, how much life is left in your battery. That's just it charging or not. Now, one thing I have noticed when I, I had a problem with my car and I had to replace the engine and transmission in it, that it was not charging that battery uh, because of the problems in it. And it um, that battery... Uh, where it says how much energy or how much is how much is charged, it was not charging up, and I knew that we had a serious problem then. So I was noticing it wasn't charging, and I you know I knew my my problem was serious, so I went ahead and replaced the 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 engine and transmission. But that was related to another problem too. Okay, I one have one last question: Can any mechanic uh, clean the throttle body on a Prius? Oh yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you what how you do it real quick. It's the same as any car. You take the throttle body cleaner, and I like to use the the uh, it's called direct ignition intake cleaner that they have out now by CRC, and it's in automotive stores. It's a it's a more advanced than just the regular throttle cleaner. It's even better, and you follow those instructions in there. Generally, you have your car at at operating temperature. 
uh, you have the car running, you, you slip it in past the MAF between the mass airflow sensor. You do not want to spray the, the mass airflow sensor and you insert it into the system in front of the throttle body and you spray it in there for about 30 seconds and you rev the engine up a little bit and you do that till the can's empty. Then you let it, you turn the car off and you let it sit there and heat soak for two hours, I think. And then you crank it up and drive it down the road and it cleans it out really good. So it's, so it's just very like easy. Other, just like any other car as far as the throttle body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. And it's super easy to get to the throttle body on our car. It's it's just right there. So right any, mechanic the can, any mechanic can do it. Yeah. Most of the, pretty much the hybrid is pretty much the same as any car. There's so many systems on there that are exactly the same. The brakes are exactly the same as a regular car. The gas engine is exactly the same. Uh, but your starting system is different. It doesn't have an alternator. It doesn't have a starter. That's within the system. It, ha- it has like a, a system in, like packaged in between the engine and transmission that start the car and also that that recharge the batteries. It's like a generator. Uh, so that's different, and that's really the main difference. What about changing transmission fluid? Is there any way to do that, or should it be changed? Yeah, that's the same, and yes, it should be changed. Yes, and that and that's the exact same. And you, of course, those are they have a CVT transmission, so make sure you get very high quality fluid. I like to get my fluid from Toyota or from GMC or from Chevy, so I know for sure that I'm getting exactly what the car needs, and that eliminates questioning or having someone at the parts counter tell you what they think you need. And the price is pretty much the same, so. Uh, I recommend getting your fluid directly from the dealership. Okay. You've answered all my questions. I appreciate your your help. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank Thank you, Mike. We're glad that you called in. Um, And uh, when we're about to take our next break, uh, so if you have a question, we're... be happy to have you call in. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, a website app. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. And I'm Liz Gill, just kind of sitting here looking for SpongeBob <laughs> Road Song songs. Um, the second way you can listen to our show, other than a podcast, is download our app. Is the MPB Public Media app that you can find at Google Play and uh, Android for Android and iTunes stores for Apple's. Okay, Jimmy from Yazoo City, hang on. Um, that we were talking about apps for your phone and. Uh, Allison uses one called Auto Codes, 
and I found one. It's an app. They let you diagnose your car using your smartphone or tablet. You can check the check engine light. So do you, how does yours work? Does it, do you have a, do you plug into the car or is it Wi-Fi or yeah. how does it work? So they do have the ones that they plug in. You plug in a little unit into your OBD2 connector, or that, and that's where you check right. into And for everyone out there, the, it's mandated to be under your driver's steering wheel. Okay. Uh, under the dash there. Um, so anyone can check it or, or, put, or use one of these. You put it in there. And it'll read it off of Bluetooth, and you'll put an app on your phone. One of them that I like is called Blue Driver, and that's excellent. And you can actually see misfire monitors and stuff like that, see which cylinder is misfiring when and, and that sort of thing. Um, that's a really, really good one. So they have these systems out now where you can plug it in and, and read data constantly. Okay. So there's different ways you can find out what your check engine light is. Uh, you can get your own app to do it. Um, we mentioned before um, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly's, those kind of places. They'll check it for free for they'll you? They'll check it for free. And then I know at O'Reilly's, they have a, a software program, and I mentioned it before, that will tell you what com- what were the most changed parts for that code, which are, I like I like that. And then just so people know, like the Blue Driver app that I told you right. about is $100 okay. for the little unit. And right. then you put the app on your phone for free. But if you take it to a dealership. Right. A dealer or a diagnostician. Yeah. They generally are going to charge about $80 to $100 just to read the code. That does not mean they're diagnosing the problem. They'll just tell you... It's 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 reading that something is wrong with the signal from the catalytic converter, something you know like that. But a lot of times, don't they then apply that diagnostic fee to your bill if you get your car repaired there? Yes, but you're still paying for right. the time that it takes for right. them to do that. Okay. Yeah, they do. All right, different ways to find out about your code. All right, let's go to Jimmy in Yazoo City. Thanks for calling. Autocorrect. Go ahead. Well, thank you. Uh, I really enjoy your show. I'm a kind of car enthusiast, and um, yeah, I find a lot of information on here very useful. Great. Uh, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll download the app uh, later today. Awesome. Um, but anyway, it's, it's, we've driven Escalades, my wife and I, for years, and uh, so kind of the total opposite of a Prius. Um, right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, our... our Last Escalade, when it was about four and a half years old with about 90,000 miles on it, we got a couple of back-to-back um, catalytic converter cars on a trip back from uh, Chicago to Yazoo City, Mississippi. And so it just continued to drive, you know, at interstate speeds. And as about when I got to home, um, our lights started flashing. And so, you know, we were... We were in dire need of having the catalytic converters replaced. We found that um, by taking it to the dealership, we found that the emission system um, warranty is for five years or a hundred thousand miles, and so it went way beyond. You know, we thought our vehicle had been out of factory warranty for for actually a couple of years, uh, or at least a year and a half. Uh, and so, uh, but they they fixed it. The bill was almost four thousand uh, dollars, but they you know it was all under warranty. Didn't cost us a penny. That's awesome. That's Fantastic a good point news. to bring up that that you have a warranty for your drivetrain. That and that's the one that you'll see listed. Um, 
That's the one that they talk about, the six-year, 60,000. It's your drivetrain, which is your engine transmission, and I I assume your differential. Well, uh, I I think looking in in our manual, uh, in our owner's manual, which is always great, read your owner's manual, but uh, I think that's like an EPA requirement now on new vehicles. Uh, Your emission system is falls under some different uh, criteria. They do. Well, because that's that has to be on cars these days. They have like uh there's a there's a government mandated rule that your sensors that are related to your emissions have to last for 8 years or 80,000 miles, I think. Right. And uh, so they do they have come in and say y'all have to make this work for a long time on these cars. Right. And I think that's I think that's what was applying in in our case. I don't know that that's across the board to all vehicles. But uh, it, it is. You know, I think that's the way that our, uh, our vehicles now are going. I think that's a great idea to, you know, to help a. There's a million, cars on the road. So. Yeah, and I think what they were doing, they were when car companies were forced to start doing the emission system, that's an extra cost on a car that doesn't have anything to do with performance. And they didn't want them putting just cheap products that were only going to last a little bit of time just to get it to pass government rela- regulations that it had the emissions. They wanted to make sure that they're putting on quality parts that are going to last a long time on the car. So, yeah. you know. Everyone, everyone hates the emissions, but it's it's necessary. Not if you breathe. Well, <laughs> Not if you breathe. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> right. Well, I certainly, certainly enjoy your show, and thank thank you for letting me make that comment. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Appreciate okay. you listening. Thanks for contributing, Jimmy. We appreciate you. All right, we've got an email. She says, uh, "I have a Honda." And the tire pressure light won't go off, even if the tires have the correct pressure. I've asked a mechanic at the Honda dealership, and he said it would cost over $100 to fix the light. And he said that it wouldn't be harmful to just leave it on. What's your opinion? Do you think that it's okay? And now I just have to check the tire pressure periodically since I don't have a working warning light. It's probably the spare tire. Oh, there you go. Okay. So as far as replacing it and fixing it, no, technically you don't. You can keep up with the pressure. Tire is just old school with the right. tire pressure gauge. Or she can have it fixed where it's still done electronically to monitor her tires. It's tire pressure monitor system, TPMS sensor. So it just depends on what she, if she wants to pay for it or not. Okay, here's Liz's question because this tire pressure business is all new to me. The is the the cap on the tire on the st- the valve stem is that what lets the computer car know what the pressure is? I'll tell you, this is interesting. Some of it's on the tire. Some of it, it can tell by the rotational force, so it's read in with the ABS sensor, so it can tell that it's taking longer to rotate, and it knows the pressure's low. <laughs> so it's a okay, that's few different magic. monitoring. Yeah. That's magic. <laughs> that's magnetic monitoring. Um, so it's, it's got a couple of different ways it does it. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Gosh, Mary, I'm so glad you sent us that email. Let's take, uh, no, we can still go. Let's go with uh, Philip in Gulfport. Uh, Philip, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I have a 90 Toyota truck with uh, 
460,000 on it. <laughs> and I'm having trouble with it cranking. Uh, the check engine lights have been on for years. But uh, I'm having trouble with it. it it'll crank, but sometimes it, it doesn't want to click this uh, light. And I don't know whether it's the uh, ignition switch, which I can take the key out of it running, I mean, with the original key. But I don't know if it's a relay, the ignition switch, or the starter. The starter I replaced four times with 160000 Anyway, what do you suggest? Uh, I don't think they can put it on a computer. Yeah, on that old one, it sounds like it's it's possibly your ignition switch. But that that's... Uh you know that's something I'd have to look at, and with that many miles, you know, it, it possibly it's just within your wiring something's gotten loose or corroded, worn. Um, so, so with a with a vehicle with that many miles on it, you'd want to do uh, kind of walk through your diagnostic process with that, which starts with a visual check and check all your wiring related to your starting ignition system on that car and and just make sure everything is really tight connections are tight like you, if you can wiggle it a little bit and it and it, it won't let it start then you know that you've got a, a it's too loose there and you're going to need to get another pigtail connector for that so that's that's you kind of want to step through the process on that okay so you don't think it's the uh, uh a re- relay or a uh, the solenoid on the I don't. You don't hear about relays being intermittent. Is, is why I say that. And if you feel like it's the relay, switch it with one that is the exact same that's in your fuse block. Flip them and see if you. Right. Then it. Then the problem goes to the one that you switched it with. That's yeah. just a quick way to test a relay. But uh, you know, not knowing what the check engine light on is stuff. So it. You know, you're with that many miles. You may have a situation where you need a few different things to get it back. Uh, running good. Right. Well, I don't, like I said, I, don't, uh, I heard a noise at the relay, and I switched the relay, but it still does that. But it, it cranks, uh, but it, it's just a second or so, or I have to turn it back off to, and try it again. I mean, I, I think it's going to go out. But you think it could, uh, you can't put it on a computer, right? Um. Yeah, you can. So, what year did you say it was again? A ninety. A ninety. Uh, so that's the OBD one. They just have uh, connected like that wasn't mandated by government at that time. So you'd want a, sp- a, a scanner that specifically reads the Toyota data for that year on that car. So some companies sell the, when they sell the OBD one scanner, it has a whole bunch of different connections for different manufacturers because they all kind of did something a little different at that time. That's why the government stepped in and made them all do the same and have the same names for sensors and, and codes. They used to crankshaft, uh, position sensor used to be called different things by different manufacturers and that sort of and that sort of thing so you'd have to uh, maybe go to a shop that that does the old diagnostics and has the equipment to check those codes right. that's what you, you want to do you said the ob1 would work on it obd1 it should be obd1 that was uh you started seeing that widespread in 88 
I think. Okay, because I've, I've got one, uh, one that'll uh, do that, I think. Okay, yeah. Read, um, yeah, so you want to step through that process of finding it, getting that check engine light taken care of and, and you know, do a good visual inspection and make sure everything's perfect. Right. I, I got one really quick question. Uh, uh do you need to get, it calls for Dextron too, and they don't make that anymore as far as I know. And I've had to go to uh, three or four, whatever, uh, not five, I think, but whatever. Uh, does it, do they make Dextron too anymore, or does it make a difference with uh, putting the uh, three and four or whatever as uh, the lowest I can get to two? Or should the dealer have it or what? Um, as far as I know, they make it one that's compatible with yeah, okay. the Dextron 2, 3, 4 systems. Right. Okay. And you'll have to look on the bottle and read it, you know. But, yeah, it, uh, other than that, for a Toyota that old, I don't know if they would have that at the dealership or not. But, um, you know, when you look at the bottles, and I usually have to sit there and look until I find, it takes me a minute to read through all the transmission fluids and then find the one that has that on there. And they have a whole list. Dextron, I know for sure Dextron 3, one of my cars takes Dextron 3, and I, you know, I have to look to find that, that label that, that says it's compatible with that, with that yeah. fluid. I have uh, read that, but uh, I just somebody told me that... Uh, you really needed to use the original, uh, you know, whatever. Too. Well, yeah, for any car, you want to use the fluid desi- designated for it. You don't want to switch that up. There's, You don't ever really want to do that. Okay, so use it if I can find it. Yeah, you should be able to at parts stores. It's a 90, so that's not, it's not 50s. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't have it. Uh, they got that, you know, three and four and whatever, five. They don't have the older. They don't have the, the Dexron 2. You might maybe look online. Now, I know they do provide fluids for older cars, but that are not in auto parts stores uh, for yeah. older ones where they don't have it. And you can usually get it online somewhere. It's, yeah. it's produced somewhere. Okay, then uh, thank you very much. I sure enjoy your show. Thank you. Appreciate you listening. All right, Philip, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, We're going to need to take our next break, so Mary from Gulfport, hang on. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. You can also send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. We're going to talk about what's new in the news. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
All right. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. Now, the third way, you can listen to our show as a podcast. You can listen to us on the MPB Public Media app, or you can just go to our website, mpbonline.org slash autocorrect or just kind of click around while you're there to find all sorts of good things on our webpage. I'm Liz Gill and I am here with ASE certified, the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker. We're talking about check engine, but also I wanted to talk about what's in the news. And Allison, I found this so fascinating. There were these three stories in USA Today yesterday. One was talking about how the electric cars aren't the big hot sellers that they thought they were going to be because gas prices dropped. And as soon as the gas wasn't such a, uh, a, a money drain, folks weren't as excited about the electric cars. So the, the Chevy Volt is, or the, the GM Volt um, has gone away, but the Chevy Bolt uh, they're going to work on that. Um, also, that same day, there's a new concept truck, an electric truck. It's a Riveton R1T, which should come out in 2020 from a Michigan-based startup. It has enough battery to drive 400 miles and have a towing capacity of 11,000 pounds. And what was so funny is it's um, because it has the batteries, I guess it's built like a roller skate. So it the silhouette is like a truck, but in the front under the hood is a trunk. So you can... It has a covered place there for you to put suitcases or groceries or whatever. It's a front truck. And in the back, I guess right behind the driver's seat, is a covered long area where you could put skis or golf clubs, kind of like a tunnel between the bed and the back of the truck. So making it even more user-friendly than a regular truck, is right. what it sounds like. Right, and Because uh, it's electric. Yeah, the, the tunnel that you use to, to put things in, the seat folds, there's a the door and it folds down, so you can kind of use it like a tailgate to sit on, or if you needed to use it as a step to climb to the top of the cab. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it, um, it's something. But one of the reasons, um, the third article that tied this all together was that According to Kelly Blue Book, passenger car sales have plunged 12% in the first 10 months of 2018. It represents only 32% of total vehicles sold in the United States. That is down from 44% in 2015 and 51% in 2012, according to Auto Data Corp, because everyone wants an SUV. Everybody wants a truck. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I want one it, of everything. But. Here, well, here's the kicker. It's um, now Honda, Hyundai, BMW, uh, a lot of these Japanese, Korean, and German car companies are going to start making SUVs and crossovers so they can get more of the sales. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's for, I mean, money. For example, the average price of a new non-luxury compact SUV in October was 28,700 compared with 20,408 for the average compact car. 
So That's crazy. I don't know. I, it's a I, huge difference. Money, money drives, <laughs> money yeah. drives my my things. Oh, and I was going to say about the electric vehicles not selling like they thought because the price dropped, but. The oil industry has a record of trying to keep the electric vehicles out. So if that was something that... Yeah, that's for um, a whole other show. Companies yeah. trying to keep other companies Which out. Which is interesting. Let's go to Mary in Gulfport. Mary, go ahead with your question. Hi, uh, this is Mary and hi, Allison. Hi. Um, this is a real kind of, I guess, girl question. I went to visit my son in Orlando for Thanksgiving, and while I'm driving around there, I have a 2013 Ford Explorer. Uh, my check in, my engine light comes on, and so my son says, pull over to an auto zone and get that code checked. So I did. And the code was uh, P144A, and it said EVAP, Emission System Purge, Paper Line, Restricted Block. So the guide autism said, oh, when you get back to Mississippi, get that checked. So I didn't worry about it. So when I got back to Mississippi, um, my car had what uh, what moms know is trip. My car had trip on it. So, I mean, I said, let me go and get it detailed. So I went to Classy Chassis. They detailed my car, cleaned it real good. Guess what happened? The light went Second, off. The light went off. Is do I still need to get it checked? No, no. Um, so maybe it was just an intermittent or a little problem, a little glitch, and 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 then and, and you had written down in our notes was about the humidity. Right, humidity, humidity can make your, your Well, it affects your electrical system. Oh, okay. So it can make it glitch, and then and your check engine light will come on, and for some codes, that's it's not. It, it can go off. Yeah, Mary, you learned sometimes your check engine light comes on and it's something, and sometimes it's nothing. Thanks, Mary. That's going to wrap us up for AutoCorrect today. Uh, we appreciate uh, uh, Michelle McAdoo being our uh, board engineer. For Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram, the lady auto mechanic, I am Liz Gill. Uh, hope you join us next week. We're going to talk about Christmas presents for car drivers. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.